The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. The other day I saw a bumper sticker that stated... We are making enemies faster than we can kill them. Sounds depressingly true until you think, what do they mean by we? It certainly isn't me myself, and it probably isn't you. Are you making enemies faster than you can kill them? I don't think so. On last week's program, I discussed the ancient end times prophecy in the Bible that clearly describes the situation today, that a ruler in Russia would have an evil thought, and together with Persia now called Iran, would bring war and eventually world war to the Middle East. There's a funny thing about prophecy, though, and it's the notion of individual free will. Though many philosophers and psychologists would argue there's no such thing, individual free will has created miracles both large and small in the historic record, and the possibility remains with us right to the end. And being that today is Thanksgiving Day in Canada, it seems somehow appropriate to discuss a more hopeful scenario than the one laid out in that bumper sticker or in last week's program. The question on the table is this. What can each of us as individuals do to change the course of human destiny? There's a story in the Jewish tradition that the prayers of 36 holy men are what keep the world from destruction. The Talmud tells us that at all times there are 36 special people in the world and that were it not for them, all of them, if even one of them was missing, the world would come to an end. The two Hebrew letters for 36 are the Lamed, which is 30, and the Vav, which is 6. Therefore, these 36 are referred to as the Lamed, Vav, Tzad, Etikim. This widely held belief is based on a Talmudic statement to the effect that in every generation, 36 righteous greet the Shekinah, the divine presence. Mystical Hasidic Judaism, as well as the other segments of Judaism, believe that these 36 righteous people exist to justify the purpose of humankind in the eyes of God. Jewish tradition holds that their identities are unknown to each other, and that if one of them comes to a realization of their true purpose, they would never admit it. This past week, I did a service as hospital chaplain, blessing the pet therapy dogs and their volunteer owners for the good work they do in visiting the patients and their families as they go room to room through the hospital. These are such welcome visits to nearly every patient they see. The big dogs stand by a patient's bed for petting, while the little dogs will jump right into the bed if invited, lying still to be petted and hugged. You can actually watch the monitors and see the patient's heart rate and breathing become more normal as the pet therapy dog takes their stress away. It's said that whoever saves only one life saves the whole world, and I used to tell myself that when, as an ambulance EMT years ago, I sometimes had to do CPR for up to an hour before we got our patient to the hospital. But standing in front of our chapel service for the dogs last week, I had to think even these dogs and their work are saving the world If the prayers of 36 holy people are keeping the world from destruction, think what thousands of pet therapy dogs, volunteer ambulance workers, hospital volunteers, prison volunteers, church and shelter volunteers, volunteers of every stripe and calling for that matter, are added to the mix. 
from the dedicated bottom up, not from the corrupt top down. The world is being saved day by day. But even people without the time, resources, or inclination can contribute to a world-saving effort that can overturn grim prophecy. Yes, the prophecy of destruction is in the Bible, but so is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, where we see God is willing to negotiate, saving those towns if only a few good people can be found there. The Creator called the creation good, and another Eden is the heaven most of us envision, and I believe you and I and God can still make that possible. How do we do it? The most immediate and powerful thing we can do is pray. Prayer takes many forms, from chant to deep meditation to just thanking God for the beauty of the earth. But it's critical that we join those 36 holy people in their assignment to interface with the divine presence. Now, here are some of the prayers I used at our blessing of the pet therapy dogs. We started with a Jewish prayer that goes, Blessed is the one who spoke and the world came into being. Blessed is the one who maintains creation. Blessed is the one who has compassion on the earth. Blessed is the one who has compassion on the creatures. And then I followed that with a Catholic prayer. Blessed are you, holy God, maker of all living creatures. On the fifth and sixth days of creation, you called forth fish in the sea, birds in the air, and animals on the land. You inspired us to call all animals brothers and sisters. We ask you to bless these brothers and sisters by the power of your love. Enable them to live fully in praise of your name. May we always praise you for all your beauty and creation. Blessed are you, Lord our God, in all your creatures. Amen. And finally, I followed with a prayer from the Sioux people. Grandfather, Great Spirit, all over the world the faces of living things are alike. With tenderness they have come out of the ground. Look upon your children that they may face the winds and walk the good road to the day of quiet. Grandfather, Great Spirit, fill us with the light. Give us the strength to understand and the eyes to see. Teach us to walk the soft earth as relatives to all that live. If you're wondering how the mechanics of prayer actually work, I refer you to my two interviews a few weeks back with Thomas Abraham. He makes the case for how individuals tap into a collective consciousness, and through what he terms cosmoethics, each of us can make a difference. And a Greek Orthodox mystic from Cyprus, Doskalos, termed our thought and prayer projections elementals, which can contribute to the love or anger in the world at large. Our projections are our interface with the divine and with each other, and what we think or pray for has the, has the power to become reality. Well, our very patient guest today is Janice Goff, and she's been on NDE Radio before. She was a friend to uh, Grandfather Martin, the keeper of the Hopi prophecy when he was alive, and Grandfather Martin and Janice talked a little about the possibility of escaping prophecy. And now here to tell us about her visit with Grandfather Martin is Janice Goff. Janice, welcome back to NDE Radio. Hey, good morning, Lee. Uh, it's good to hear your voice. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. Everybody's good, good when they get on their, on your show, I think. <laughs> and how's the weather out there in Arizona? Oh, it's beautiful this morning. It's still cool and crisp, and we're just loving it. Wonderful. Well, I wonder if you could tell us about uh, what what you told me about your trip to visit Grandfather Martin and, and what uh, you talked about there. 
Sure. Um, well, a friend, this, this was, a, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, a friend invited me to go to Hopi with him, and I said, sure. You know, I had never been up there and was really looking forward to it. Well, in the days after his invite, um, internally I began to get really excited. It was it was that anticipation that something interesting was going to happen. So I was really kind of geared up and looking forward to this. So we made the four-hour drive up there, and when we got up to the second mesa to the to his house, which is um, looks like a, a ruin, um, just one of the old uh, stucco brick buildings, we drove up, and there was this huge massive, huge eagle on the door, over the hanging on the door frame, over the door. And we sat in the car looking at this with our mouths open. Uh, mm. Finally, he said, well, I, we should go in. <laughs> so we got in and walked, knocked on the door. The eagle was still on the door frame. And we're looking under the belly up through, you know, up, up the body of the eagle. Um, wow. and he's sitting, he's just sitting there looking at us. Okay. So she, she opens the door and this is grandfather Martin's wife. And she said, hello, come in. Um, we've been expecting you. The Eagle told us that you were coming. So uh. there is no communication up there. No telephones. Uh, grandfather Martin has no way of, you have no way of contacting him to, to get an invite or, you know, to request an invite, you just go. And then if they're home, you know, maybe they'll entertain your presence, you know. Um, so we went in. Grandfather was already prepared with his translator. And he began to spread out scrolls that he had taken out from underneath his couch onto the table. And I'm looking at these scrolls, and, of course, I wasn't real familiar with the Hopi, um, uh, you know, their culture and all the different things, very complex, very complex culture. Um, but Grandfather Martin began to talk and tell me about these scrolls and what I was seeing on them. And it appeared to be a uh, rubbing from the prophecy rock. And he was describing to me how... Um, what each symbol was. So at the left, we have Massah, who is the Hopi god of death, fire, and the earthly plane. And his arrow is pointing to the previous world, the third world. Mm. And um, his left hand holds the path to the current fourth world. We're, we're now in the Hopi tradition of the fourth world. There is a square uh, that begins on this on this prophecy rock, and the square represents the village, the pueblo, the plaza, the Hopi territory. And then there's two parallel lines, and this was this is the important part on on the prophecy rock. The two parallel lines refer to the two paths that humankind can take at the end of the current fourth at the end of the current fourth world that we're in right now. So we can take the upper upper line, that's the path of the two hearts, and this line ends in a zigzag up in the air, and then the lower line is the path of one heart, and um, 
resting on this line from left to right are three circles, which represent three worlds shaking or the three world wars. To the right of the last circle is a corn stalk and a Hopi man tending corn. And that is the path of the one heart who follows the law of the land and the old ways and the teachings that you can hold true to the foundation of the goodness of man. So between these two parallel horizontal lines, there is a vertical line that comes from one to the other. This is the last chance of the two hearts to have that they have to descend to the true path and get back on the right way. So we have the two paths, two hearts. The two hearts are the ones that, that are going to continue the doomsday prophecy. And then the one heart path is the path that people can choose to adhere to the old way, to follow the, the traditional teachings that keep people safe, good, and evolving in a peaceful way. Now, in your last show, Lee, you discussed how many prophecies there are out there. You know, hundreds. There are hundreds of prophecies out there all over the world. <clears throat> One of the um, things that really interested me while I was sitting there with Grandfather Martin is that intuitively I, I, I went into a vision state while he was talking, and I saw on top of, at the beginning of the Hopi Prophecy Rock, Petroglyph, the square that represents the village or the Hopi territory, the top of the house, there is an exit. And I pointed to that to him and I said, there's a door at the beginning of this prophecy where we can actually get out of prophecy and not take either of those two paths, but create a whole new world. And he lit up and said, oh, my gosh, the elders talked about a way to get out of to get out of prophecy, but nobody knew where it was, where the door was. So we talked about that for a little while. At the end of the line that represents the two hearts, there is a zigzag that goes up into the sky, and it ends nowhere. It goes nowhere. And I said, that stairwell is the last chance for the two hearts, those who are going to do the um, belief system of the doomsday, the, the World War Three, and all of that type of life. There's a door there for them to escape so that they, too, can create a whole new world. And... We talked about that for a little while. Um, this was real interesting to me. After we left there, of course, my mind is just reeling and perking. Um, it dawned on me that all of these hundreds of prophecies that you talked about on your last show, there is a doorway out of prophecy. We, we have continually been given options and exits to change our mind and change our life. Um, so then what I got to looking at was 
Okay, so in this prophecy rock, we're shown how we're going into the fifth world. And before every age, all right, we're, the fourth world is supposed to be the, the age of Aquarius. Before every age, root children are born with traits of, new, of the new age already intact. So we began to see all of the what's called the indigo children coming into our world. They have innate psychic and telepathic abilities, extraordinary spiritual abilities. Um, all of your incredible near-death experiences from these children that we've all heard about, perfected musical and artistic talent. All of these children are born with traits of the new age already intact. So this is the indigo prophecy. It states that humanity's safety lies in evolving spirituality. That's the door in the indigo prophecy. So all of our prophecies have a door out of the prophecy. We can, uh, we, our belief systems decide what kind of life we're going to live. So we have preppers who believe and prepare for doomsday. We have um, the rapturists who believe they're going to be raptured and taken away before Armageddon in that great time of tribulation. Every belief system decides what kind of life we're going to live and essentially how we're going to prepare for what we believe in. Um, that belief system, I think, is described in the indigo prophecy is that safety lies in evolving. And I think that's the door. I'm not sure what that new world looks like beyond prophecy. And I'm not sure any of us know, but there's a door out of all of these prophecies. That was totally fascinating to me. Well, it must have been quite a meeting that you had with uh, Grandfather Martin. It, you know, it was, and I, and I had been up there quite a few times after that. Um, each visit was just as full and just uh, as expanding to my mind, they, um, they're the timekeepers of the world. So as our elderly in all of our cultures who are holding close and dear and totally hold the, um, the traditions of the old people as they're passing away, what we hope is that there were enough young people that were grasping their teachings and the energy that they moved and, you know, will continue those traditions for us so that not only the history is not lost, but that the cultures continue to have that line of foundational learning and teaching for all of us, for the, for everyone. I still believe that even though we're looking at so at such a hard um, next couple of years that humanity, every one of us, regardless of what we think about it, we are going to evolve. Now, what we evolve to <laughs> is anybody's guess, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <But it> <laughs> well, there is, there is this theory. 
<laughs> there is this theory that wisdom and knowledge is not lost, that it's, that exists outside of our own minds and in the collective unconscious, uh, spot that we could call, uh, um, the Akashic record. And perhaps it's going to require the indigo children to tap into that because if the oral traditions of the Hopi, for instance, or even of, uh, other religions, um, and other peoples aren't passed down orally the way they, they have been from generation to generation in the past. Maybe the more psychic indigo children will be able to tap into the, into this uh, spiritual realm of knowledge and, and pick up on what the truth is. And, and be texting it to each other. So. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if what we think we manifest, if what we think actually turns into actual action and actual uh, events, then I believe that what we think is actually energy, and you can't get rid of it. It doesn't go away. The energy mm-hmm. does not just zap, it's gone. It continues to move and change. So every everything that we think and believe turns into a manifestation. Leave. If that is, if it's as simple as that, and the indigo prophecy has said that humanity's safety lies in evolving spirituality, but changing the world is as simple as changing our mind, humans on earth are the only beings that, that can do this. All the other beings on earth follow the natural order of the law of their species. But humans were created with a will and can change their mind. Mm. And well, that's... It's, that e- it's, it's that easy to change our world. It's simply to change our mind and to do something different. That's what's so wrong with the way society is structured right now because... If everyone watches um, bad news on television every night and all they do is radiate fear and anger, then that change that we need won't come about. Yeah, and it takes, for, for that kind of energy to go out on our airwaves, the balance for that means there needs to be hundreds of thousands of us balancing with the good energy to divert that action that's being mm. created from all that bad. Um, and, you know, and we can call it good and bad. We might call it negative and positive um, because it just doesn't go away. So is there good and bad energy? No, there's not. There's just energy, and it depends on how it's used. So negative and positive might be a better description of right. of energy and what it can actually do. Um, well, I, if we, I find if myself we, impatient, though. I want it to happen now. <laughs> I want peace now. <laughs> that's that's because we're getting older, Janice, and we we want to see it in our lifetimes for sure. <laughs> this is this is true. This is true. <laughs> I I think you know. Uh, one of the things I, of course, I started off by talking about prayer and how prayer is so important. And if we all 
joined those 36 holy people the Jews talk about and and prayed at least uh, 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 once a day or maybe maybe more that we would be putting out this positive energy, this love energy instead of this anger and this fear energy that, that so many people are manifesting right now. The other things too though, it strikes me are getting out of um, staring down at your at your uh, smartphone all day long and making eye contact with people and having conversations with people, you know, and not just playing games on the tablet but but actually communicating with one another would would also generate positive energy. I, I would think so, Lee. Um, you know, that technology is the way of the world, and they're creating relationships in a way that you and I didn't have the liberty to try it out. So we're not always real positive about that type of relationship building. We mm. want we want relationships face-to-face. You shake someone's hand, you look in their eyes. Well, I'm going to get in the elevator and send them a text instead, you know. (laughs) I'm like, hmm, okay, well, I'm not really for the type of relationship building that, um, you know, is happening today, but but evidently it's serving uh, a purpose for the new age. Um, I I still believe, though, even though as we watch the Doomsday Prophecy unfold, and that's what that's the only thing we're going to hear on the news. We're not going to hear all these hundreds of thousands of stories like on your radio show and all the near-death experiences and the, the experiences that you hear with the families at the hospital and all that. We're not going to hear all those wonderful stories of miracles on our TV. So, but I still believe that Doomsday Prophecy appears to be unfolding, that there's many signs that also show us that our planet is moving up in consciousness and becoming more aware. So as those of us that are praying and we're sending out good thoughts to each other and we're moving energy in this way every day, you know, if if we keep those, you know, or even look, if we just look every day to try to find those stories that make us feel that goodness and that appreciation and gratitude for each other, in life, I I believe we're moving energy in, in a balancing way. And for myself, I can't live my life any other way. I want everybody I talk to and their families to be blessed. I want them to uh, enjoy the abundance that's available to all of us simply by changing your mind and doing something different. I do believe that we can avoid, you know, massive encounters with our doomsday prophecy. I don't know that fate and destiny can be diverted, Lee. But as in this prophecy rock, there is a door out of prophecy. You know, so then we create a new world. I do believe it's a possibility. Mm. We see all these signs of... um environmental degradation and changing weather patterns and and uh you know the the death of the bees and the butterflies the monarch butterflies and it it uh it it is very worrisome but uh it seems like we could turn this around if we if we really devote ourselves to to 
sending some love energy back into the earth? I think the earth is going to continue to evolve and do what it's always done. And I and I thought back about our caveman uh, life and what the survivors must have thought when after the doomsday destruction during that time happened and there were no more um, giant animals to feed on <laughs> for their yes. food. And I am like, uh, but they rebuilt their world. They rebuilt their life. And but this massive um, food source was no longer available. They still evolved. They still, because we're here, <laughs> you know. So we do adapt to the changes. We will continue to adapt to the changes. And uh, my prayer is that many more people will um, find that source of spirit within their self and start sharing more of that, you know, um, and just we look for those people and we connect to those people. That's what gets me through the day. Yeah. Janice, we're out of time, I'm afraid, but uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts and, and your story of your encounters with uh, Grandfather Martin. Um, <laughs> um, if any of the listeners would like to hear this show again or any of our other previous programs, including the ones that uh, Janice has been on before, please visit our website at nderadio.org and, and just click on the past shows. And for more information about IANDS, please check out that website at iands.org. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.